Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to The Shepherd's Pie, a slice of faith for our messy lives. I'm Tony Kolank, a professor at Ave Maria School of Law, father of five grown children, and the author of inspirational fiction for both teens and adults. We're continuing our expanded scope of this podcast, uh, going beyond issues that impact you to include any matters of faith that help us cope with the realities of our lives. One news item now before we get started today. The fifth book in my award-winning teen fiction series, The Harwood Mysteries, is going to release on October 24th. It's called Murder at Penwood Manor. You can pre-order a copy of that uh, right now, actually, on Amazon or the Loyola Press website. But today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with Melanie Dobson. She's an award-winning author, and she and I are going to talk about how our faith in God can help us through the difficult seasons of life. My guest today is Melanie Dobson, the award-winning author of nearly 30 historical time slip and romantic suspense novels. Her latest release, which we'll hear more about today, is called The Wings of Poppy Pendleton. Melanie is the previous corporate publicity manager at Focus on the Family. She's also the owner of the publicity firm Dobson Media Group, and she's an adjunct writing professor. When she's not doing all that, she enjoys teaching workshops, and her and her husband, John, actually have two daughters and live near Portland, Oregon. Melanie, welcome to The Shepherd's Pie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here today. You've got a lot of really neat stuff. And of course, I, as, as a writer, just love seeing even a writing professor in your background. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. And I know that you probably get this a lot, but you are actually of no relation to Dr. James Dobson at Focus on the Family, I understand. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll clear that one up first, and then I'll come back and talk about myself. Yeah, I, you know, I got a job years ago working in the PR department, like you mentioned, at Focus on the Family, different last name at the time. But I met and married my husband while I was living in Colorado Springs. And he used to joke about it and say, oh, you just married me for my last name, which is not true. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. 
But the irony of it is that my father-in-law is named James Dobson and my brother-in-law is James Dobson and my nephew is Dr. James Dobson. <laughs> no relation to James Dobson, a focus on the family. I'm just surrounded by James Dobsons in my life. My writing background goes way back. I was a kid who loved story. And when I was young, we lived in the middle of nowhere. We lived in Ohio and the bookmobile would come once a week, about a mile from my house. And I would like hop on my bike and I would go over there and I would collect all the books that I could just to read and read and read. And I would start imagining and dreaming and thinking up stories. And I started writing them down as a kid. God has just used stories in my life to redeem a lot of things, some hard situations when I was younger. And just to bring truth in my life, I just, I love the power of story. I love how he uses that throughout his word and then continues to use story today just to inspire people, to inspire me as a writer and as a reader and to encourage, encourage all of us. I also was one of those childhood authors, but my stuff was absolutely horrible as a kid. I, <laughs> yours had to be better than mine. but Oh, uh, I don't think so, Tony. <laughs> it was no good. <laughs> but, you know, you write so many different genres, it seems. You've got historical, you've got time slip, romantic suspense. Is there any sort of rhyme or reason to these genres that you're choosing? You know, when I first started to write fiction back in my late 20s is when I truly started to pursue it. But when I first started to really pursue this as a career, I wanted to write something they now call split time or time slip fiction, which is basically two stories, one in the past and one in the present that are going side by side and sort of weave together through the novel until you get to the big ending and figure out how it all works together. It's what I wanted to write 25 plus years ago, but nobody was buying that sort of story back then. So I wrote that genre, got rejected, and frankly, it needed a lot of work, so it should have been rejected back then, but I was trying and trying to publish that type of fiction. I dabbled in some other types of genres, and I did a contemporary story based on something that happened in the past. It's actually called Together for Good. It was a story that was inspired by our own journey and our own adoption journey as we both of my girls are adopted. So that was the story that God gave me that just kind of poured out of me in that season. And that ended up being my first novel that um, was published. And I'm so grateful for it. It's a super special story to me because it was inspired by our family. And so that was the first one. And then as the years have gone by, I've been inspired by different genres and different stories. And right now I'm writing, like you said, the time slip stories, because I love to look at something that God is doing today and to kind of look back then in history and see some of the trials and some of the struggles and some of the things that might have happened in the past that we can look back and say, back then, how in the world is God going to work this situation together for good? And then in time slip, you have the privilege of being able to then look forward through the years and see how God did indeed take a really hard situation and make something really beautiful out of it, kind of like refining it in the fire, refining our stories in the fire and to see the beauty on the other side. You know, that's some beautiful imagery there, but it is kind of funny that you started wanting to write time slip novels and now you 
fast forward to the future and you're actually able to write successful time slip novels. So your whole uh, writing life has been a time slip novel, it sounds like. <laughs> it sort of has. I love that. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. <laughs> but so, you know, you, you talked about story now a few times and sometimes it's not as apparent to non-authors why authors get so excited about thinking that their fiction could somehow be used by God to to bring good. So maybe, you know, talk about that a little bit, how God uses story in our lives. Well, when you look at the Bible, I just go right back to Genesis 1, and I look at it and just see the story that God is creating as he begins to create and just how God loves creation, how he works through that. And I think then that he works through individuals, through each of us as master creator. And then it's just, well, I should say for me, writing, telling stories is a form of worship. I feel like I am able to communicate with our Lord in this really unique way because he loves creation so much. And every time I get a story, it's just for his glory. But I feel like he communicates to me through story. And I'm trying to be faithful as a writer to then communicate that to my readers and to others. I think story is so important to the Lord. And, and, you know, we see that, like I said, throughout the Bible, but specifically in the New Testament, when Jesus is sharing parable after parable, because, you know, all these parables that he shared 2000 years ago, we can still relate to them today, which I think is just incredible. And not only do we relate to them, but we relate to them in the own unique situation where we find ourselves, we can read the same parable year after year, and it can mean different things to us depending on where we are in our journey. I think that's just such the powerful thing about story is that we can read a story and relate to it, and then God can use it to inspire us, inspire one person one way, it can inspire somebody else in a completely different way. But he uses that to meet us right where we are in our own story in our own life. Let's talk a little bit about your latest novel, The Wings of Poppy Pendleton. This is another time slip novel. And from some of the reviews I've seen, including from uh, another author, Patty Henry, she talks about this story being one of strength born of fragility, of joy born of despair, and hope born of brokenness. So it sounds like you deal with some serious themes in this book. So maybe kind of set up for us a little bit about your your newest release. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll read you. I've, I've got the book right here with me. So I'm going to pull it out and just read you the quote that I start the book with. And it's a quote from John Bunyan, something that he wrote in the book Pilgrim's Progress way back in the 1600s. And I have to tell you that John Bunyan is one of my heroes because he wrote one of the first, if not the first novel that really impacted not just a generation, but generations of people. But he wrote, dark clouds bring water when the bright bring none. And I love that. And the story that I wrote is about a whole lot of dark clouds. Literally, the book begins in a storm in the Thousand Islands of New York. And it's a book about a little girl who's raised in the Gilded Age. So in the early 1900s, this beautiful mansion up there in these islands. And something really terrible happens to her and she disappears. And the reader, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but the reader doesn't know for a while what happens to her. And then the time slip being that it's dual timeline, you have a contemporary story of some people who are trying to go back and find out what happened to Poppy and where she went when she disappeared. 
And then this whole story begins to unfold of what happened in Poppy's life, what happened to her the day that she disappeared. And I hope and I pray, and even though Patty and others mentioned the brokenness of the story, some really hard, hard things have happened over the years. But I really hope that in the midst of the hard times that people and readers are able to see God's goodness and to see the light in the story. And I am a believer of very redemptive endings. All of my books have redemptive endings because I believe that God brings us through hard times and has this beautiful redemptive ending for each one of our lives. And so my books kind of follow that as well. And there is a very redemptive ending, but I'm not going to tell you anymore because I don't want to give away the ending. Totally understand that. And and I love redemptive endings too. I kind of feel like that in a lot of ways, especially in the fiction writing of today, it's the redemptive ending that sometimes really shows us it's a Christian author because there's so much darkness and dark endings in what you see out there in the world today. But you know, something you said just now, you know, and actually I just saw the new Agatha Christie movie, A Haunting in Venice, and their famous detective, Hercule Poirot, the scriptwriters put in his mouth the same kind of issue that you were talking about where people blame God for all the evil in the world. When bad things happen, they basically say, well, there must not be a God because of all this brokenness around us. And it sounds like you in your writing, and especially in this book, have taken on that issue. So maybe can can we explore that a little bit? Like, what is it without you giving away any plot points or anything, but what is it in how your characters deal with the brokenness of this world that allows them to still Keep their faith despite all of that despair. I think it's the trust that they have in the Lord and, and what they've seen him do in the past. That's the beauty of being able to read his word and be able to see how he's worked over the years, over the generations, over the thousands and thousands of years of history that we have, which is one reason I like historical fiction so much is because we can look to the past and see God's faithfulness through that. So my characters, even as they're struggling both in the past and the present plot with many of the things that are happening, they are able to look back and see God's faithfulness in the past. But then also, and one of my characters is a young girl, and she is able to see God in nature when she doesn't have people around her necessarily that are representing who God is is and should be to her. And so when she doesn't have people in her life, she sees God through, in this case, through the birds around her. And it just, I just love being able to communicate as a storyteller of how God meets each one of us where we're at, where we are in our life, in our story, in our hardship and our brokenness. He meets us right there and offers light and hope through his son, first and foremost. And if we don't have somebody that is telling us right then about the truth and the life through Jesus, in other ways that he can bring hope into our life. And so that's what I think I'm trying to communicate through this story. It's as a storyteller, sometimes it's hard for me to dive in and be like, oh, this is the specific theme that I have, except for that it's redemption always. It's always a look at how God cares and loves his children and how he offers us redemption in this life. 
And, you know, depending on the novel and the Christian author, um, the presence of faith may be more or less present on the pages of the book. How express is faith in this latest release of yours? I think faith, it's integral to me as an author because I am a follower of Christ. And in this story in particular, it's very clear that the characters are able to, they struggle with their faith and they learn about God through the story. And my readers seem to really appreciate sort of that authenticity in my books about struggle and about faith and about finding God in the hard places. And so, yes, this story, like like all of my books, is very clearly from my perspective as somebody who is continuing to try and follow Christ in my journey, and also as somebody who is passionate about communicating heart of God and his love for people and his forgiveness and his desire to redeem really hard things. You've written historical fiction yourself, so I'm wondering if this story, you know, has any basis in any real life events or uh, whether this is something that you kind of created from scratch. Thanks for asking that question. That's I'm glad you asked it. I was actually just talking to my sister about this today because this story was inspired by a very personal family story in my own family. And so I, you know, I get my ideas from all different places. And so the story was inspired multiple ways, but the way that the original thread of Poppy's journey started was a few years ago, I was with my aunt back in Ohio. We were going through some old family photographs and I stumbled on this picture of my great grandparents and my uncle and my grandfather, and then my great grandmother was holding a baby girl. And that was shocking to me because I never heard of an aunt in my family on that side. And so I asked my aunt, who is this girl? This would be my great aunt. And I've never heard of a great aunt on this side. And she said, well, back in the 1920s, your great grandparents adopted a little baby girl And then during the depression, they both passed away, my great grandparents, and nobody knows what happened to this baby. And I said, well, what was her name? You know, do we have any details? And she didn't know anything. And I asked my other aunts, nobody knew anything about the name of this girl or what happened to her. And so that is like one of those situations where my mind as a novelist, I'm like, I want to know what happened. (laughs) I'm trying to put together the pieces and I can't quite resolve this unresolved family mystery. And so that was where this story got its beginnings, where I wanted to write about a little girl who disappeared and then give her in my fictional world, a redemptive ending to find out where her journey took her. And so we're still trying to find out what happened to this girl in my own family, but we have discovered in the past year, we discovered that her name was Marjorie and I loved being able to have a name for her. And we discovered that she was then adopted by another family. So that on a personal level has been wonderful, but we don't know much else about her story. And so I actually, the whole book, The Wings of Poppy Pendleton is dedicated to her because I really wanted to carry on her legacy since she and her journey inspired the whole book. So so clearly faith is present on these pages. Your characters are, as you said, struggling with faith, which I, I love because I think most of us in our lives either personally struggle with faith or have people close to us who are doing it. 
what are some ways that either your characters or maybe, you know, in your own life where you found where you can use your faith to get through some difficult seasons as we talked about? Yeah, I think there are so many different places in my life where God has been so present in my journey and some hard things when I was a child that God was so present in taking. I think I think he takes really hard things from our childhood or in recent years. And as he grows us and as he redeems those situations, it's really amazing how then he gives us the opportunity to love and to care for other people in similar situations. And I've seen that happen over and over again in my life. Even just last night, I was at a Bible study and I was talking to one of the younger women there about something that she was going through in her life. I had been through a similar situation when I was her age. And just for me to be able to share my story and how God had redeemed that, I was able to encourage her. So, and I think that that's why I like in particular writing this genre, because it shows how people now can encourage and learn from people in the past, but then how we can encourage people today and encourage people in the future. I There's this quote that I love. It's actually from Steve Jobs, but he says, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller, which I think is a really interesting quote that of all of the things that he did with his life, that he thinks that the most powerful people are storytellers. And he says that the storyteller sets the vision, values, and an agenda of entire generation that's to come. So as we tell our stories today, a little bit from history, a little bit today, but also just hopefully inspiring and encouraging the generation to come. And as a Christian, that would be about God's faithfulness, about how he's taken hard situations in my past and all of our past and made beautiful things from that. And then encouraging this generation to come to tell their stories and how God has worked through their lives as well. None of us likes to go through suffering. And all of us, because we're alive in this world, (laughs) we're all going to go through suffering either directly or through those we love. And I just know, um, although it's never easy to go through, I know in my own life, you know, you get to a point uh, after you've seen enough of these things and you see that God is there all the time. You know, I always like to just go back to like, Jesus, I trust in you. Maybe it takes a lifetime to get there. So if somebody is struggling, you know, with their faith or difficulty and and trying to figure out the heads or tails of their lives, do, do you generally have, you know, maybe any words of advice that you would give to somebody going through something like that? Well, first and foremost, I'd say pray for somebody who can journey alongside you. Being in a hard place when we're all by ourselves is so difficult. I remember in particular when I was, oh, I was back, it was in my 20s, and I was having what I found out later was called adrenal fatigue. I wasn't able to process, I wasn't able to act. You know, I was able to to move quickly, and I 
was just begging God for answers. Like I need help. And, and I memorized James one, the first chapter, which was just, I would just quote that in the darkness at night. And God used that to help heal my mind and help me rest when I couldn't sleep. But I also prayed for him to, to bring somebody into my life and somebody that I had just met recently God encouraged her and put her into my life to journey alongside of me. And she would call and check and we'd pray together and encourage me in that season. And so, yeah, I would just encourage, obviously, please pray and memorize verses if you have a racing mind like I had and dwell on his word, um, but also pray and reach out and be willing to share your story with somebody either God brings into your life right then, like he did for me or a friend you've known for a long time, ask them to journey alongside you. So you're not alone in that season. Suffering alone, it can be unbearable, but having another person uh, with you makes all the difference. What are you working on next? Are you writing something new? I am. And since I wrote The Wings of Poppy Pendleton, I have written, I did a whole biblical novel, biblical fiction story on the story of Hagar, which was really fascinating to me. So I spent a few months just digging into her story. And then I'm working on a new time slip novel right now for Tyndale House, who published The Wings of Poppy Pendleton. I'm about a third of the way through it. And so it's a it's a different story. It's about an old book club, like 120-year-old literary society. Some of the foundings, the beginnings of their club that they weren't familiar with. And it's just been a really interesting, as somebody who obviously loves story, just seeing the impact and the power of story through my character's life. But also the story is in part about spiritual abuse and how people can take scripture and the story of scripture and manipulate it for personal good instead of directing people to our Lord and Savior. And so that's difficult to write about, but I think for these times, it's really important. And so I've taken both of those themes, you know, the, the struggle with spiritual abuse and then the power of story and how God uses stories through the years and putting it together. So I'm right in the middle of it. It's kind of a, it's, I call it my message middles trying to figure out the story but I love the process and God has been so faithful this will be like you said almost I don't remember exactly how many novels I've published now but it's close to 30 and he's always so faithful in giving me the ending and so that's where I'm there right now in the process of discovering the story myself and and should finish that one up by the end of the year yeah, I love being in that part of the story. I'm there right now, actually, in, in my sixth book in the, my series, too. Literally today, I'm like writing the final part of the climax. And <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it never develops quite the way you think it's going to develop. So that's that's a pretty exciting spot to be. So, all right. So, Melanie, if, if folks want to get a hold of uh, The Wings of Poppy Pendleton or any of your other books, where would you uh, direct them to? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, they can go straight to my website. It's just melaniedobson.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-D-O-B-S-O-N.com. And that has a little bit of the background behind the book. I've got a research page and all sorts of pictures from my research trip up to the Thousand Islands in New York and all sorts of order information on there. Also, their local bookstore should have a copy. If not, they can order it. And then just on the regular channels, Amazon and christianbook.com and all those different websites. 
Well, it has been so nice having you on the show today. And gosh, time flies, but really appreciate the insights. And this sounds like a beautiful uh, redemptive story that you've written here. So I, I hope that folks can uh, get their hands on it. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy and pleasure for me to be here with you today. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have for the show today. Uh, we've been speaking with Melanie Dobson about her book, The Wings of Poppy Pendleton, and also about using faith in helping us through the difficult seasons of our lives. Again, this is Anthony Barone Kolank. If you want to learn more about me or my various books for teens and adults, uh, or even have me come speak to your school or homeschool group, just check out my website at antonycolank.com. Until next time. May God bless us as we rely on our faith to work through the messy challenges of our lives. Mm -hmm.